once you once you feel uh, in as a, in your in your gut that that there is something you really want to do you better do it sooner than later welcome to decision point a podcast about overcoming adversity in sales and the growth that we experience in the process i'm brad Siemens. Joining Brad on today's episode of Decision Point is Martin Heibel, founder and managing director at Sierra, the voice-powered meeting assistant for high-growth sales teams. To learn more about Sierra, head on over to GetSierra.com. Yeah, cool. Well, let's well let's go ahead and get uh, let's go ahead and get started. So, tell me a little bit about. So, it sounded like you had an academic background. So, tell me how do you, how'd you get here? Yeah. Uh, so. It really goes back to even when I was a student, right? In, during my first semester at a business school, I, I went to uh, my professor uh, and my first question I asked him is, what, when is the best time to start your business? Is it right after school or should I go work first and get some experience and then start my business? Um, and uh, he actually advised to go work first, get some experience. Uh, what happened is I started my first company during my studies, basically in the second year, um, or what uh, what was the, um, the the inception of what turned out to be my first company? Um, so I was uh, I was uh, fascinated by entrepreneurship very early on, and then still uh, after finishing my studies, I went on to do a PhD in uh, entrepreneurship, which is um, you know probably not what you would expect, um, and still uh, you know it. It was it was a time that I enjoyed a lot um, working on um, not only academic problems but also work around students and encourage them to start their own businesses. Um, and this is why I, um, I'm, you know, I felt very comfortable teaching people and 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 helping them grow. Um, and and I think this is really what to me appeals in both worlds in the academic world. Uh, and the uh, the life of an entrepreneur, um, and with uh, what we do at Sierra, actually, this we I, I combine both um, in in one company or in a product, and we can talk about this uh, later on. Yeah, no, I, I'm definitely looking forward to digging in, having you talk about Sierra and kind of how you came up with the the idea. Um, I'm a big uh, fan of a podcast called the the Founders by a guy named David. Uh, Sinra, and he covers entre. It's a, it's a great, great, uh, great podcast. If, you, if anybody goes out there and listens to it, listen to the. I don't know what podcast number it is, but it, he basically takes these books and and pulls out the business principles of entrepreneurs. Or, so he'll cover an entrepreneur. So uh, one of the one of my favorites is one called. Uh, if you're going to go out there, if you're listening to this, you want to go listen to it. Uh, it's called "The Fish That Ate the Whale" by guy, uh, the the entrepreneur is a guy named Sam Zamuri. Um, but, um, what he says consistently, the reason why I bring David up in this podcast, cause you brought it up is that entrepreneurship is teaching and that some of the greatest entrepreneurs are teachers. And one of the examples that he cites is Warren Buffett. So Warren Buffett, yeah, investor, I think you could sort of put him in the entrepreneurial, uh, category. Uh, but thousands of people come out every year to, uh, Omaha so that he can teach them about investing. And so I think that's a really interesting insight uh, that you stumbled on there is that, you know, entrepreneurship is 
education, right? You're having to teach people your point of view or your way of thinking. So I'd love to hear kind of as you tell the story, what you felt like the academic space had taught you or helped you learn as you were going through the process of starting your business? It's, it's probably mostly a trait inside myself, which is being very um, enthusiastic about understanding what others are interested in and, and, and help them develop their career, but also their maybe even way of living as an entrepreneur. I mean, it's more than just having a job, really, and, and encouraging them to to be uh, courageous enough and um, and and do their thing in uh, in academia. There's there's lots of existing truth, obviously, and um, it's always the new frontiers that uh, that that researchers are after, and even the strongest students are are after. So um, I think that all uh, translates into entrepreneurship uh, quite well. The most interesting, or for me personally, the most important link is developing people and developing uh, careers and and basically uh, pushing for the new. Um, and uh, I found that in working with the students on you know their their, their projects or uh, in 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 classes, but also when we worked on business plans with them, when they had an idea that they were eager to to follow uh, as a business and, and develop as a business, it's it's still the same when you when you build a team, right? When I build a team as an entrepreneur, it's it's really about making people believe and imagine that they can grow outside of their current reality, that they can become a bigger self, that they can reach goals that many people wouldn't even encourage them to pursue. If you as a leader, and um, that's maybe true for a teacher and an entrepreneur, um, if you can encourage them to go after these goals, uh, you can set free lots of energy for these people, but also for your organization. Now, now, what, out of curiosity, what's the entrepreneurial landscape like in in Munich, where you're at? And there are a lot of a lot of startups. What's the ecosystem like? Yeah, it's um, Munich has grown to the uh, strongest tech entrepreneurship ecosystem in Germany for sure, and is um, among the strongest in Europe, besides maybe London and Paris, um, but probably even among those three, um, it's 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 leading the pack with big techs, both software and hardware companies, having come out of Munich with uh, two big universities here, the Technical University uh, being an important pillar of, you know, uh, self-flying self drones and, and all kind of, you know, um, robotics, but also software uh, innovation. So um, that's, that's what Munich is like. Munich is a, is a true tech uh, startup ecosystem. And um, other than what has been um, a long-standing reality in the U.S., where there has been a lot of exchange between professors and investors and entrepreneurs, that hasn't been the case in Germany at all for, let's say, the, or it has only started to develop over the last 15, 20 years. Universities, and you, can, you, could, you would still find university leaders claiming that they are not it's not it's not part of their mission to foster innovation but rather educate people which is you know from a from a typical 
U.S. Ivy League perspective is is a total given that that fostering innovation and bringing up startup is part of their of their mission, right? So this is new or has been new to the German academic world, and Munich has grown into um, a place where this has happened quite nicely, and where the networks have grown together from academia, where investors have um, um, have have come where funds have been established, where companies have been built and exited and business angels going back and, um, and investing in new companies coming out of these universities. So um, this is the reality here in, in Munich. Now, as part, now did you ra- have you raised any money as part of, your, as part of Sierra? Yes. Yes, absolutely. So we have, um, with, with our own background, so my co-founder, uh, Constantine, and I, we actually both uh, worked um, in the academic ecosystem before starting Sierra again. So we had both uh, started our first uh, software businesses um, basically in the last decade and um, then both decided to start over and do something something new. And it, it worked for both of us that we went back to the ac- academic uh, networks and from there basically uh, build a new team, build a new idea and started fundraising again. And yes, we have brought on uh, venture capital early on to help us um, develop the company. And and Ciara is um, two and a half years old now. We're a twenty people team. We, you know, we've we've basically entered the market um, last year and are now growing with a strong focus on the U.S. Though, uh, why is that? Because Still, the European software market is kind of fragmented, and uh, we see core software innovation being adopted by U.S. U.S. markets still faster than um, than here in Europe. So, tell me a little bit about Sierra. Tell me about the product. So, how are you guys? Kind of, how do you come up with? Let's start with how you came up with the idea. How did you decide? You know, how did you decide to settle on uh, the business model? So, coming back to my, you know, my my personal excitement for education and entrepreneurship. Um, the first company that I built was in the HR software field. I, I was in, the, in a role as the, the head of sales for that company. And what I realized at the time, and it is a, is a pretty... Now, was that PeoplePath? It is PeoplePath, yeah, absolutely. So PeoplePath is a company based both out of Munich and Seattle. Um, it is, it is um, offering HR software with a strong focus on alumni networks for basically Fortune 500 companies. And I was in charge to run the sales team there. What uh, what I learned during my time at PeoplePath is that um, educating a sales team for such a complex product in such a fast-moving environment is a very time-consuming and uh, costly exercise. And what I also found is that, that the tech stack people typically work around is more or tend to be tends to be more in their way than actually supporting them. So I'm thinking of CRM systems and like. So uh, problem number one, uh, getting someone up to speed and uh, make them confident enough to actually close a deal took a lot of time, um, and that it was mostly because when we were teaching employees to to handle a certain situation in a certain way, that was mostly in a training setup or a classroom setup. And it was rarely in the actual conversation with the customer because you couldn't shadow every call. No one has the time to do that, not in the startup and nowhere else. So with that as a problem, I started to think of around and and all the tech that I saw around the, the technical university and the Munich startup ecosystem 
I was really intrigued by voice technology and what, what voice technology can do for us today already, just thinking of the voice assistants everyone have in their living rooms, but uh, also what it will be able to do in the future. And Sierra, to, to now answer your question, is a voice-enabled uh, sales assistant tool. And uh, what it does is two things. It, it sits in your sales calls and prompts you to go after the right goals to actually um, develop or close a deal. And number two, based on voice technology, it captures information from these calls, automatically summarizes these calls and takes away all the nitty gritty updating CRM fields, taking notes, uh, stuff that is mostly just um, annoying and, and eating up people's time. That is, that is what we do. And um, why is this so exciting? Because um, an assistant like Sierra is basically a real-time enablement. It's a real-time training. There's no shadowing and telling someone afterwards what they could have done, but the Sierra assistant um, listens into the conversation and understands the context. And with the context, uh, with the context um, it is uh, able to, um, to nudge you before something goes wrong and uh, makes you stronger in every call. Um, and there is just no more need to have asynchronous business software. Why on earth are we today um, looking for information in a tool before we have a customer conversation and then after a conversation, go back and put something in? Only a fraction of that information for sure. But it is totally out of sync with how people work. And voice technology and, and tools like Sarah are, are about to change that. What's my day-to-day -day look like? Like, how does my interaction with my prospect change? What's the experience like? Like, can you run me through a yes, specific yes, use absolutely. case? So think of, think of a sales development role or an account executive role. Let's maybe start with a sales development situation where you have an initial call with a customer. Um, I'm not necessarily talking outbound code calling, initial contact establishing relationship, um, but rather a call where um, you reserved a half hour time to to talk to one another so what the Sierra assistant does number one it is a it is a video enabled tool so it will um, it will work like a zoom call um, with everything zoom does in terms of video meeting um, plus the assistant feature so I will have a call with you um, for you it's just a video call well for me as a Sierra user I have a sidebar that basically tells me I'm working around the Matic framework. So I want to understand metrics. I want to understand decision makers. I want to understand uh, next steps uh, and uh, customer pain points and so on. And um, through the help of keywords and, uh, and, and voice models, we're able to um, highlight for you what of the Matic topics have you actually discussed and can summarize information from the call um, in, in line with the medic framework. So you will never hang up the call before you've touched all the goals and there is no need for you to, to type anything. It will just sync and, um, and go into Sierra. And now here's the next important point. We don't stop there. Um, we've developed what we call the deal map where we can have many, many, many calls also from many roles. So an SDR can then hand over to an account executive and an account executive would uh, have a look at the prior call the SDR had, would see what the Matic information is, 
no more, you know, going into the CRM, finding a note that has maybe been taken or not. It's all there. It's directly linked to the transcript so you can listen into the call if you're interested in the detail. And then you just run the next call. And the next call will uh, let you know that um, the metrics have been well understood, but the decision-making has not, uh, or the decision-making situation has not. Um, and it will bring up battle cards when um, people, uh, when, when customers have certain objections around what have you, a price or competition. So it is, it is, um, um, it is a support in every second of your, your customer conversations um, based on voice. I hope that makes it clear a little bit. Obviously, if, uh, if our listeners are, are interested, you can try it out for free. Just go to our website um, at getciara.com uh, and sign up and play around with it. It's, it's readily available. Awesome. So now, is there a now? Can you change the frameworks, or is it specific to the uh, medic? What is that? Metrics, e economic buyer decision it, criteria. That was a, a pure example. So you can uh, you can set up the the deal template as we would call it to your use case. So we have customers that um, that sell insurance products. Okay, awesome. um, they they wouldn't go through a medic framework. That doesn't make sense. Um, you can set okay, up your so own. that you can set up your own framework and then. Okay. Awesome. Interesting. Um, really, really cool. Um, yeah, well, uh, super fascinating. So if you're out there and interested in, uh, trying to increase your, uh, your close rates and, not, and get people through, make sure you're not skipping steps, go check out Sierra. It sounds, sounds pretty cool. I think we'll have to check it out on our end. Um, what's the, what's the one thing, Martin, that you're the most passionate about right now? Is it Sierra? Is that your, are you really passionate about kind of training salespeople? Absolutely. So, um, I'm. Um, what really drives me is to to build this business. Uh, so, um, start from scratch again is something that excites me entirely. It's I guess it's this uh, this trade of an entrepreneur. It's the beauty of of, uh, of starting small and growing big. Um, this is what excites me. Building out the team. You know, being a being a, a bit of a trainer and a teacher again, that really excites me. And, um, and also see how our customers uh, use the product and, and, and really understand what, what else they want and how we can get better. Um, uh, I have a lot of fun <laughs> building out the company right now. Awesome. Now, do you have, um, what's the um, kind of in your journey here, what would you say your biggest setback has been? Um. I would, I would probably uh, think about it's it's hard to say um, it's maybe not a setback but it took me quite some time to get started again right um, I think from the moment I realized I want to do something new to actually getting you know uh, have enough of 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 an energy and enough of courage maybe <laughs> to really do it running a company um, already at the time um, and, and being um, uh, persistent enough to really go after it. It, it took me quite some time to, to do that. Um, and, um, you know, if I, if, if this is, if, if there's something others can learn from that, and it's, it's actually something I, I keep telling other people all of the time. And uh, 
uh, I think this happens that you have good advice for others and you're not so good with uh, following that same advice for yourself. Um, once you once you feel uh, in, as a, in your in your gut that that there is something you really want to do, you better do it sooner than later. Um, there's always reasons why not why why right now might may not be the right time. Um, and in fact, it's always the right time to do it now, right? So and that was it, it took me quite some time. I, I heard a really good piece of advice. I don't I couldn't tell you where I heard it. It was in the last couple of weeks. Somebody was talking about procrastinating and really on the same topic. And they said what they do is they always start with the second step. So whatever they have to do, they, they immediately jump to the second step of doing uh, whatever it is that they have to do um, because they found that it's easy to get stuck on step one, right? Which is typically preparation. So if you go straight to step two, then it's a, it's a way to sort of accelerate getting stuff very done. True, and not very true. Just don't overthink it, right? There is a, there, there's just too many reasons in, in any, I guess, any situation. There's just too many reasons why you should or you could wait and why it could go wrong. Um, and it's it's really if you talk to lots of entrepreneurs, um, when, when you when you ask them what what is it that when, how did you get started, they they typically tell you a story of I I just did it right. I, um, there's so many people also I know that they they would be great entrepreneurs, but you're right they get stuck with uh, step one I, I like the i, I like the, the they get stuck with step one no for for sure you just got you just gotta you just gotta do it well i mean and i think this is probably true for a lot of people you know i think entre the starting of a, an entrepreneur's journey uh can be a couple different ways i think a lot of times it's accidental right there's just a you're doing something something in the world's not right yeah and you got to fix it and uh, you just you either get thrown into it by accident, right? By passion or by purpose, uh, but you just start itching it. You gotta go. You gotta um, you gotta figure it out. So, well, awesome. Well, Martin, I appreciate your time on here today. Uh, anything else specifically that you wanna you want me to anything I didn't ask or anything you want me to you want to talk about? No, thanks. Uh, great, great speaking with you today. Um, and uh, just. Uh, as I said, if, if anything out, anyone out there is, is, is thinking to be uh, to start their entrepreneurial career, I can only encourage you to do it. It's a it's a great uh, it's, it's a great way of, of spending your professional life. If you're a sales leader, start getting your head around the the, the future of software. Really, um, there's we're, we're getting to an end where people enter stuff with their fingers through a keyboard into a tool. It's not gonna last. Uh, for longer and um, check out Ciara if you're interested. Uh, happy to have a chat. All right. Well, thanks, Martin. Have a, have a great day and thanks for coming on. Thank you, Brett. As always, uh, if you want more information on the podcast, go to monsterconnect.com forward slash podcast. Uh, you can get last season's, uh, last year's episodes. You can get all the new episodes for this year. And as always, remember, don't let what you can't do interfere with what you can. Until next time.